Alrighty, what is going on everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, February 27th of 2023. Gotta love a Monday show setting the tone for the week. I do miss you guys over the weekend. I do enjoy this show, so uh, happy to be back on a Monday here. Looks like we got a four-game NBA slate as well as a five-game hockey slate. I know uh, tennis uh, got kicked off earlier this morning, so plenty of DFS action today. And, uh, you know, just looking ahead through the week, looks like there's a lot to talk about. So for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app. You guys can ask any and all DFS-related questions. Take questions in both the live YouTube chat and the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in the Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. And if you are not joined up with SaberSim, there is also a link to a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial. Join up. Check us out. Uh, tune into this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Get your questions answered. But that being said, going to get the app pulled up here. Uh, looks like we have two questions in the Discord and one question already in the YouTube chat. So if you guys have questions, now is a great time to get them in. But we are just going to jump right in and uh, get it going here. So it looks like the first question came in yesterday from Jay and Zook. Uh, you know, this, this is a great example of like was probably uh, building some lineups yesterday. Question came up and just threw it in the office hours channel. That is what I try to encourage everybody to do while you're building throughout the day. Just throw the, throw the question in there while it's on your mind. Let it sit and we'll get to it on the next show. That gets us a steady queue of questions for the show. But question is, uh, what does the auto apply exposures do? Uh, yes. So good question here. Going to uh, hover over to NBA and just going to run a build really quickly here so we can demo this. But um, it is it is a uh, more recent change. It's something that we added, I would say, within like the last month or two. Uh, it, it is just like a uh, small nuance, but uh, definitely worth covering and reviewing. So you'll see next to this red reset all button here, there is uh, this auto apply exposures. So it's set to off by default. What this does is that, you know, every time you make an exposure adjustment, uh, up or down, min-max, whatever, the builder has to reanalyze the set of lineups and then, you know, find the set that matches, that are the highest Sabre score, all of that good stuff here. So if I were to just, uh, you know, make one change at a time here, uh, the builder would have to do that over and over and over again. It can be a little time-consuming, especially, like, if you're in a crunch and, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of pressed for time. So, like, when auto-apply is, is on, every time I make a change, the builder is going to think, and then it is going to update your exposures accordingly. It's it's still pretty fast. You know, we can see that right here if, if you're tuning into the video version. You know, the builder does do a good job of updating quickly. But at, at times, you know, when once you start putting in many uniques and once you start combining all of these factors together, uh, the the searching process for the lineups can take a little bit longer. So what we've done is we've added this option to turn auto apply exposures off. What this allows you to do is make any changes that you want and then apply them all at once. So the builder is not going to uh, think or search for lineups. When you do this, you're just going to put all of them in here. Let's say, you know, I don't want anybody above 70% here. 
So I'm going to change all of these guys that are over 70% to 70%. And then um, I'm just going to put these other guys as like a careful. So, so none of this has been applied, even though I've made six exposure adjustments here. But now I'm going to hit this apply button and apply them all at once. And then the builder only has to do that process one time. So it's just like a time-saving method. Nothing, nothing too special about it. Uh, but it, 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 it can make a difference in a time crunch. So that is all it does. Uh, one note on that actually for you guys here. Uh, this is a bug that the team is aware of. So when you go to stack types or, or you know, team stacks or something like that, um, maybe you want to like zero out a stack type, right? Maybe you're like, you know what? I don't want to play any five stacks in my NBA lineups here. If auto apply is off and you do max exposure to zero, uh, that is not going to apply correctly. So two options here, either changes to like one. So uh, it, it will recognize that. And then you can hit apply here. And then if you set it to one, that's, that's essentially zero. Uh, so that's one way. Or the other option is turn auto apply on. And then uh, let, me, let me reset this. So the other way is if you turn auto apply on and then you put a zero, it will recognize that now. So, so for some reason, when the auto apply exposures is off, it is not recognizing a zero and, and uh, allowing you to apply that. So you either have to change it to one or you need to put auto apply on and then change it to zero and then it will work. So it is a bug that, that the team is aware of that we are looking to get fixed, but just want to let you guys know about that in the meantime. All right. Next question here from Mike1377 here. And going to get this one in the chat. Mike said, question for office hours. How often does it take the Sims to catch up with players on new teams? For example, player rotations, minutes, usage, etc. I noticed after the trade deadline, the Sims have been off a bit. was practically cashing in every night up until then. Uh, this is a good question, right? And, you know, frankly, I think that this is something that is similar to like the beginning of the season, especially like with rookies and how and how those specific players are handled. Uh, you know, essentially, the more time these guys play, the more data we get. Uh, it's it's really hard to model how a player on one team is going to play on a different team. I think like a great example of that is uh, probably somebody like, Mikhail Bridges, if that's how you say his first name, not sure, uh, you know, goes from Phoenix, you know, not a, a, a really key player there on that team, not not, not a big um, offensive productive player, I guess is like what I'm trying to say. Wasn't scoring a lot. Uh, and then goes to Brooklyn. And then now, you know, him and uh, Dinwiddie are like the two main guys there. And, and Bridges is like having some huge games. I know he put up like 45 points like last week. Uh, so, so those scenarios are like really hard to model. I think that is inherently hard for, you know, the entire industry to model. And just the more time these players are, are there, the more games they get under their belt, the, the easier it will be to model those situations. But, you know, on the flip side, I think that's a great spot for users to be able to uh, apply some, some uh, intuition or, or research or add value to Saberson, right? We talked about the concept of adding value in situations that are inherently hard to model. And I think that's like the perfect scenario to try and apply that, that, that framework, that strategy. So um, not, not too sure how I would go about doing it, but 
I, I think that, you know, you probably are onto something that, uh, you know, after these guys get traded, the, the way they're used and, and the rotations all start to uh, adjust slightly. And it takes a little bit of time for all of that uh, to kind of normalize and, and for the builder to understand how to properly model that going forward. But definitely a spot where I can see uh, an opportunity to add value. Uh, Neil jumped in and said, the Sims are not off. This sounds like someone that doesn't understand that projections are a range of outcomes. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, uh, you know, it, it's a bad question. I think that is just more that there is, there is more uncertainty now than there was, you know, prior to the trade deadline, uh, you know, you know, going back to the beginning of the season again, we just kind of got to figure out, you know, how these guys play, you know, do players usage go up? Do do players' shot percentages go up? And as those values normalize on this new team in this new environment, the sim will adapt to that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the the sim, it, it's it's hard, right? A guy goes from one situation where he might be uh, a role player, you know, not shooting that much, to a different player where he's like now a high usage, high shot guy. Uh, you know, how much of this this uh, immediate you know, feedback, do you, do you weigh, uh, as opposed to this player's like historical values, it gets really tricky, but I'll tell you that, you know, we have really good, uh, programmers, engineers on, on the, on the models team. And, uh, they, they're always talking about these things and I have conversations with these guys. So always hard at work. And, uh, you know, I would expect that to get more normalized in, in coming days, coming weeks, etc. All right. Uh, that was our last question in the Discord. Going to hop over to the YouTube chat here. And question from Mike Carr. Mike said, on a small slate like this, do you max the amount of players from one team? Uh, so, so frankly, I, I don't think of this on like a uh, slate size basis, just like me personally. I mostly think about this on a uh, value size. So if I want to determine, you know, uh, should I be capping players from one team? Should I be making exceptions to that rule? The, the biggest evaluator for me is going to be this value column. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to sort by this value column here. And and right off the bat, our top six value plays here are all from Detroit. Uh, I don't know what the injury report looks like here. Let's go over to Detroit. Uh, let's see what's going on. So Cade's been out all year. Okay, Bojan uh, Bogdanovich is out. Jaden Ivey is out and Jalen Duran are out. These are like three starters for them uh, right off the bat. So, so it does make a lot of sense to me why we're seeing so many of these guys. If, if we look at the salaries here, the next highest salary guy on Detroit is 5,100. So uh, one, it seems like Detroit is mispriced for sure. But two, it seems like they have three starters out and a lot of players are going to be uh, getting an increase in minutes, increase in usage. We can already see the ownership projections reflecting that. So, so this is a great example of like, you know, if, if this value column is usually under six, I'm okay capping players to like more than three, um, no more than three per team. But once this value column kind of tells me like, hey, you know, one team just uh, has a, a outlier type, scenario with injuries with guys resting etc uh so that's what i'm seeing with this detroit team so i'm totally okay allowing more than three players from detroit specifically into my lineups today but you know i i would i would uh let some of the slate context lead you to those conclusions i think another thing you know just getting back to your question here 
Um, usually on a on a bigger slate, you want to you you would care more about capping the players because there's so many teams on the slate, so many options to have a uh, lower combination of players from you know you're not going to need one team to go off in order to get to a winning lineup. But as the number of games on the slate goes down, as the number of teams go down, you should probably be more open to playing more players from one team because the player pools are getting smaller, right? So I, I would say that the way I would think about it normally is on, on a bigger slate, you know, eight game, nine game, 10 game, I would be more okay capping the number of players per team. But as the number of games on the slate goes down, I'm actually less inclined to do that and more okay with bigger stacks if, you know, one team has just a, a much better scenario than than other teams. So I think in general, that's probably the right way to think about it. Uh, but but I'm for sure making an exception here with so much value on Detroit with their team just being so mispriced. I mean, they have, you know, three, uh, four, five, like so many guys, you know, in the three to four K range, which is very low on DraftKings specifically. But good question there, Mike. All right, Chandre said, why does the builder take so much time to generate no stack lineups on a five or more NBA slate? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, if you go, I think that, you know, just in general, uh, there are, there is a difference between unchecking a stack type and setting a lineup rule. I don't know all of the intricacies of this, um, but usually if you were to, uncheck a stack type or multiple stack types the build will take longer to run what i would suggest is setting a rule instead so then i would just set a rule to say um you know use no more than uh, i would do a group automatic rule and then i would i would say use no more than one player per team and i would group by team and then i'm just going to save this as an auto rule here and then we're just going to run 500 lineups here. Uh, this is essentially the same way as setting a uh, no stack lineup, right? So so here I set this rule. We got 500 lineups. Looks like we got them uh, pretty quickly here. If I hover over to stack types, there are no stack types here because there are no stacks in any of my 500 lineups. And, you know, this build ran in like 10 seconds. But I think that, you know, if you were to come in here and uncheck all the stack types, only check no stacks, and then turn this rule off. I think that this would take a lot more time. Uh, you know, this is like over my head as far as, you know, builder engineering and all of those things. I mean, right off the bat here, you know, uh, it, it's been, you know, probably like 10 seconds and we're still at building uh, building lineups zero out of 500 here. So uh, not sure exactly why this happens. I, th I, you know, it is something that the team is aware of, but if, if I were you in this specific scenario, I would go with the, the group auto rule that we just demonstrated and where that uh, build took, you know, minimal time to finish here. And, you know, we didn't even get any lineups with these no stack types. So so that's, that is the way that I would go about doing that. Apologize for the inconvenience. Happy to help you with a workaround for that situation. All right. Scrolling down here. Uh, Neil from earlier said, yeah, I can certainly see projection being more fragile. Yeah, exactly. I think that's like really what it comes down to. Um, Chandra said, nice. I was using the stack types. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. Um, you know, 
one of the things that we're trying to work on is, uh, you know, there, there are more than one way. There's like more than one way to do one specific thing and it can be confusing and some can work better than others. So we are working on like some updates to the app to kind of make that process flow a little smoother, be a little more clear as to what's going on, but glad Mm -hmm. we were able to figure that one out. All right. Chase Hollins said, if I have 300 entries on a given slate, should I be making 300 unique lineups? And if so, why? Because I have heard some players who just make a set of 150, then will enter it multiple times. Uh, yeah. So Chase, I actually uh, thank you for sending this question in. Yeah, this act, this one was um, sent over via support. I, I was aware of this, so uh, I, I might have missed it. So thank you for mentioning it in the show. Uh, but to answer your question, so. It, it, it is personal preference. I know some people just like to, you know, have one 150 set and uh, kind of, you know, dupe lineups in different contests from there. It's totally a personal thing. Um, frankly, my, my practical advice is that, you know, if you have 300 entries on a given slate, should I be making 300 unique lineups? Um, for me, specifically, it depends on what type of contest you're playing, right? So so in in my specific example... I do not like to build unique lineups for like satellites that I play on like FanDuel, mostly because those are like, you know, it's like a 10 cent satellite to win like a $5 ticket, right? Um, I don't want my highest scoring lineup to end up winning a $5 ticket. Uh, You know, I'd rather build unique lineups for the number of GPPs that I care about winning. So usually for me, that is, you know, entering lineups, coming into SaberSim, importing the lineup file into SaberSim and then looking at the contests and then determining which ones that I would be okay with uh, having my highest score in that contest. So usually for me, that's like a price pool thing. Uh, I just like, uh, you know, if if there's like a 50K uh, contest, then I know that first prize is probably about 5,000. I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that one, right? So I'll I'll usually just sort, uh, you can't sort by price pool because it's like usually in the, name of the contest but i'll look at those uh you could reorder the contest manually using the uh there's like a uh little grab feature and you could like drag and drop is what i was looking for so you could drag and drop your contest order them however you want i will like count the number of lineups in the number of contests that i care about winning and then i will build a unique lineup for all of those so sometimes i'm building two 300 unique lineups i think that's okay um for every contest that i care about winning i want to build a unique lineup for and I do not want to dupe mostly because, you know, if, if, if you look at DFS from like a long-term perspective, not like a night by night thing, uh, your, your goal should be to, to, you know, in order to be a winning player, you need to have a repeatable process where you are building a strong pool of lineups night after night. Right. So for me, my goal is always to build a strong pool of lineups and then get as many of those lineups into contests as possible. So I don't want to play just 150 because I think I have a strong pool. I want to play more of my pool. That way I can get more of those lineups into my contest. And hopefully one of those lineups is a high score winning lineup, right? So I, I, I'm not confident that I can, you know, take 150 out of 5,000 and that 150 will have my highest actual scoring lineup of the night in it. I think that, there is like some randomness in in that that that's why you know we have like so many different lineup sorting methods. We have saber score, 
We have percentiles. We have custom metrics. Uh, those are all ways for people to try and find a way to bring to the top of their pool what they perceive to be the highest scoring, what, what has the best chance of being the highest scoring lineup of the night, right? We have our own algorithm that we try to do that with, but we op- we, we open up custom metrics to allow people to tweak that and, and do their own things with it, right? So for me, you know, instead of trying to find the best custom metric or, you know, 85th percentile versus 95th versus 99th or versus Saber score, my, my goal is like, I just want to put more of my pool into my contests. And I think that's a good way to do it because if you do that, you know, night after night and you're building a strong pool, those items will find their way into your contests. And so that is why I personally like building as many unique lineups as possible, but open to uh, rebuttals and, and feedback and, uh, and, you know, continuing that conversation for sure. All right. Uh, next question here from Sharon P said in XFL, what is the best way to ensure SS will only build league lineups example at least one player from three different teams okay um good question here so let's go over to xfl and we will look at this past uh four game slate that just ran so it looks like you know we have the next slate loaded up here no projections yet but let's go back to i believe it was the 23rd of February that this slate kicked off. I'm going to go back to this classic slate. Okay, boom, we have it here. Uh, so how do I ensure that I get at least one player from three different teams? So what I would do is I would go into the builder and I would do a group automatic rule. And then I would say use at least one. I would do group by team. And then I would save this as a manual rule. And then now it's going to save this as eight manual rules. So when I click this, what if I click this drop down now? So it's going to grab all of the players that are on Vegas and say, you know, use at least one. And then there's 13 to- total players. And then it's going to do that for every single team here. Um, I would suggest reviewing this. And then, you know, if there are three specific teams that you're looking for, what you can do is you can trash the rule for the players that you don't want this rule for. So, you know, maybe I don't care about DC. So then I come in and I can get rid of the rule for DC. And then, you know, Orlando, I could I could get rid of it for Orlando, right? And then now I'm going to be left with six teams as opposed to eight. So, so now, you know, I'm going to get at least one player from all of these teams in there. Um, I don't think there is a good way to say, like, use at least one player from three teams for every single lineup. I don't, I, I can't think of a good way to do that, but I would experiment with the group bottle rules and um you know some some combination here of players or positions or teams or games uh okay follow up uh i was getting players from only two teams and lineups were not loading for dk okay so if you're getting like mega stacks or or you know too many players what i would suggest doing is like you know let's just build some lineups here i would go into the team stacks or uh Team stacks tab, I think that's probably best here. And then make sure you're getting some exposure to each team. So going to get these lineups built here. Going to um, make two adjustments so we can see the teams. So then if I go to team stacks, so we're getting a ton of Seattle and Houston here, right? Maybe this is like what you're referring to. I would go into the team stacks and then I would probably just start increasing the exposure for these other teams here. So 
you know, maybe for, uh, I'm, I'm going to assume it's San Antonio, going to increase them to like 10%. You know, maybe I just start matching pool exposure like across the board here, 15, 5, 20. And then maybe I don't do DC just because their pool exposure is so low. So you can increase the team exposure here. This will get you some exposure to every single team. You can also uh, decrease some of these teams, right? Maybe you want to like uh, move Seattle and Houston down. Maybe you want to cap them a little bit here. Uh, and then this will kind of smooth you out. Another option if you don't want to be, you know, so um, forceful here is you could try this with Min Uniques and then see how, how spread out that gets you here. So made some adjustments you know let's just reset this go back to players make my two adjustments again okay so now i'm back to lineups of one through 20 and then i, I just want to see how these team stacks move as i increase mini uniques here so i'm going to go with mini uniques of four there's about seven players in this lineup so four mini uniques is going to be you know more than half the lineup here uh we are down to like lineup 250 which is about halfway in our pool which would be pretty good to me and then we can see that uh, we now have stack exposures to five out of the eight teams. And then, you know, if you want to go further from here, you could then go and like do some finishing touches on this and then make, uh, get some exposure to all the teams. And then now we do have exposure to all of the teams. So a couple different ways to do that. I think, you know, allowing mini needs to work and then going and uh, making some manual tweaks right at the end is totally an okay approach, but I would do some combination of that to get more exposure two more teams a really good question there all right uh that is our last question in the youtube chat and the discord if anybody has any questions now is a great time to get them in i'm going to pull up the nba injury report and we can start diving through that while we wait for more questions to come in so let me get my screen pulled up here and it looks like uh sharon said thank you so glad that helped out happy to answer any questions you got or follow up i'm gonna pull up the basketball news dashboard here not a lot going on uh big news here is probably isaiah stewart and tyler hero being questionable though both of those games start right at lock so though that news should be out ahead of time uh so 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 it might be a really quiet night if you guys are playing basketball you know it is nice every once in a while to get a nice quiet night with uh no pending late swap not to say players won't get scratched late uh got to keep your eyes out for that but uh definitely uh, kind of a uh, nice little relief there, I guess I would say. Early in the day here, we'll see what developments come up. But yeah, we already talked about this Detroit news. A lot of value on Detroit here. And then Kyle Lowry's still out. Um, probably the only big name here. I, I don't think that either of the uh, point guards on, on Miami have, have done very well with him being out. I believe it's like Gabe Vincent. Um has been starting and uh Oladipo hasn't done that much either. So, so not like a huge value spot there for me. Jalen Brown being out is interesting. I do not know if he was out before, but you know, I, I do know that like Tatum's back, Marcus Smart is back. So maybe Derek White gets like some more run. Maybe he doesn't uh, would be interesting to look into that, but Jalen Brown is probably like the only other big news here. Uh looks like Derek White is, who we are projecting to absorb some of that usage with him pushing a six value here. So just something to note there. And other than that, you know, I'm, I, I don't think this Larry Nance news is that big. I don't think this Jonathan Isaac news is that big. 
So just watching out for this Stewart hero news throughout the day, uh, trying to capitalize on some of this Detroit value on a short night. I would be open to, you know, playing four, possibly five Detroit players in my lineups today, but you know, short slate. So, so definitely make an exception for that there. But, uh, you know, maybe just like run a test build and, and see what Saberson is saying, you know, with no rules, uh, with no, you know, minimax exposures. I'm, I'm kind of interested in this myself here. So I'm going to run 500 lineups. Don't know if I set any rules or anything on these prior builds. So just want to like run a fresh set and see what Saberson is saying here. So let's get these lineups loaded up. Let's see, you know, let's go look at our pool. Let's see how many lineups have four stacks, five stacks, etc. So I'm going to open this up to a 500. going to go over to my stack types. A lot of four stacks here. Totally okay with that. I bet you if we go to team stacks, go to five, get about 10% in the pool of Detroit, getting about 50% of Detroit four stacks here. So just going to be like jamming in some of this value. Uh, some of the ways I like to approach a scenario like this is that I like to make sure that I have exposure to all of the players on a certain team and not just the ones that Saber Sim thinks are like the best. So, so what I'll normally do is I'll come into the builder, I'll sort by team here, and then I'll go down to Detroit and like go find their team here. And then basically anyone who has a projection, I'm going to look at how much exposure I have to them here and then make some adjustments. So like right off the bat here, you know, this is a great example we have 71% exposure to Killian Hayes. We have 59% to Alec Burks. Uh, we have 46% to James Wiseman. But, you know, we're, we're we're missing exposure to, like, some of these other guys here. You know, this Isaiah Livers one kind of jumps out to me here. Uh, in, in a scenario where, like, a whole team is value, right? I don't really like to leave some guys behind. So I'm kind of okay coming in here. And bumping up some exposure to livers, uh, it's not going to make a difference at the moment just because my number of lineups is 500. It's not going to work. But, you know, the auto-apply exposures is off. Uh, so so what we can do is we can do two things here. Lower our number of lineups and then scroll over to the right and look at both the pool exposure. I'm going to drag this over and the exposure in my lineups here, Right. So I'm still not getting a lot of livers. Uh, frankly, I don't I don't love that. I, you know, personally, I'm gonna even lower this to 20. And then now we're getting no livers, right? So you know, all this Detroit value, and I'm not playing, you know, some of these lower plays. Uh, not not my favorite thing in the world here. So I'm, I might come in, you know, bump some exposure to livers, bump some exposure to Corey Joseph, and then kind of just make sure that you know I'm treating Detroit as like a team as opposed to individual pieces. Cause I think like they're all good plays in this scenario. I'm not going to go crazy with it. I'm just going to kind of come in here and get some minimal exposure to those guys and still take stands on these other guys. But I think that, you know, this is an okay scenario and it's just something I personally like to do. So just my thoughts there on um, some different ways to handle the Detroit value tonight and good luck to all of you there. We are going to jump back to the YouTube chat. Looks like we have a question here from Ryan Nelson. So going to get Saberson pulled back up and going to get this question up. Ryan said, going to get a top five in one of these 20 maxes. Thought that, thought with Naz Reed only being 40% in low stakes that it was going to be last night, but it will come soon enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming, I, I didn't play last night, but I saw that, you know, Naz, it was a Naz Reed night on, on in DFS Twitter streets. 
And uh, I saw that he smashed with like 30 points, 64 uh, FanDuel fantasy points. So looks like I'm assuming Rudy Gobert got ruled out and he got ruled in as a starter and just, you know, uh, smashed. But I was listening to a, uh, I believe a podcast recently, and I think it was, um, I think it was Brick 75 was talking about, you know, in with the way he sees it, like there's not a lot of difference between coming in first as opposed to coming in, you know, any position in the top 10 in a DFS contest. Once you get to that small of a percentage in a contest, you know, you're, you're already past like the top 0.1% most of the time. Uh, it does get kind of random, right? So, you know, keep, keep hanging in there, Ryan, you know, the, the chips are going to fall your way. And, um, you know, that, that top five finish is going to come. So just keep grinding it out. Looks like you have a good attitude. So best of luck to you there. But all right, everybody, uh, I think we are going to call it there. We will be right back tomorrow, Tuesday, 2 PM Eastern for our next show of the week. If you guys have questions throughout the day, throw them in the office hours channel. That gets us a steady flow of questions for our next show. But until then, good luck in all of your contests. Take care and I will see you.